Pandemonium Reigns. Yo, family and friends, welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. My name is Dan. That's my boy Mike. What up, what up? Got a special show for you guys today. Before I mention that, can we just say thank you? We have over 100 downloads in our first month. We've got five episodes, and we have over 100 downloads. As a matter of fact, over 130 downloads, uh, if I'm being more accurate. So thank you guys. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to YouTube, to Spotify, to uh, Apple Podcast, and Pandora one day. Uh, but if you are watching on YouTube, you're going to see a third face with us today. Uh, listening on the podcast, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcast, this is my boy Ryan Phillips. Say hello, Ryan. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. What are we, uh, what, 15 days? 15, 15 days from days. kickoff, man. So, well, yeah, excited well, to talk about some college football this close. Yeah, well, for us, it's a little bit closer because Tennessee opens on a Thursday night because Thursday maybe- night. Our brand is maybe losing its value a little bit. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Holding on for dear life. Holding no, on. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's no, good. No. But uh, so today on on the show, we're going to be talking Georgia. So for you uh, Tennessee fans out there, stay tuned in. And for all the other guys out there who said, you just talk about Tennessee, shut up. No, we don't. <laughs> we're talking about Georgia today. And before I say anything else, it's not that we don't respect you guys, Ryan. It's, we just don't like you. Yeah, it's it's not a respect thing. It's just a lack of uh, of enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for our listeners out there, take 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 fifteen seconds, Ryan, and just tell us who you are, where you're at, all that stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. So I am in uh, Gainesville slash Oakwood, Georgia, here in Northeast Georgia. Uh, grown up a dogs fan my whole life. I'm a legacy. Uh, my mom and dad met at UGA. Brother and sister in law met at UGA. I've been watching. Georgia football my whole life. Earliest memories come with, you know, Eric Zier and a Garrison Hurst. Those guys that really underachieved probably should have won a national title, but they had a slack coach. So, but there's that. Uh, so, <laughs> don't know anything about that. Go, yes, no, not at all. But uh, no, love Georgia football, man. It's it's definitely a passion of mine. My family and I, that's where we bond is going to games, tailgating, go to road games. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, we're excited, man. Four, 14 days away. And this, New territory for me. I don't know how to handle national championship success. Like, what? What do I don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> yeah, no. I, well said. I understand. Well said. Uh, uh, when when Tennessee won a title '98, I was in fifth grade. I'm pretty sure I didn't even know what puberty was at that point. <laughs> so definitely didn't know what to do with my hands. <clears throat> Hello. Anyways. Uh, oh my word. <laughs> moving, moving along. Moving on. Hey, youth pastor by day, y'all. So. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, for you listeners out there, Ryan and I are friends uh, from a youth pastor network. Ryan is a, a youth pastor in the area, uh, again, serving in that Gainesville, Oakwood area. Uh, so good friend of mine, loves Jesus, unfortunately loves Georgia. So anyway, we're going to walk yeah, through. You know, hey, you've had your chance. No we, we all we all have that thorn in our side, right? You know, yeah. that's what Paul yeah. says. You know. Don't bring Bible into this, bro. Don't justify yeah. don't, this. Don't get spiritual in college football. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do, we're going to walk through uh, Georgia's schedule here. Um, so I've got it broken down. We're just going to walk through uh, the schedule. And I just want you, Ryan and, and Mike, give me, uh, give me your final, you know, your record. Uh, uh, how do you see a uh, final score for each game? Which, that being said, you guys open up in Atlanta this year. A nice home game, you know, for <laughs> you is. guys. Uh, opening up yeah. against Oregon, yeah. 
And last I saw the spread, it was at 17 and a half. It's uh, big. It's a lot. How do you it see this? Lot. Yeah. How do you see this game unfolding with, with Oregon? So it, it's going to be different for them. Obviously, you know, Dan Lanning, defensive coordinator for Georgia last year, being the head coach, and he's going to be very familiar with the system, especially Georgia on offense. So he'll obviously put that into play, especially when you have the, you know, Pac-12 player of the year, I'm pretty sure they have on their roster. That guy's a stud. Yeah. Uh, they were talking about him on the college football live up the other day. And yeah, he's, he's pretty good, but um, you know, at quarterback with Bo Nix transferring in from Auburn, that's kind of an anomaly. You never know how he's going to fit in with that. So, and it may not all fit together in week one for him. He may still be trying to figure it out, but uh, for me, it, it still just plays into a talent level thing. I think Georgia's just going to have the upper hand on it. I do think that they're going to have a dip in defensive production this year. And we'll talk about that a lot to, uh, here over the next hour, but I don't know. For me, I, I just still see Georgia having the upper hand. I, I think Georgia's offensive firepower is going to be too much for them. I think there's going to be more touchdowns than there was in that Georgia Clemson game last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot. So I'm going to probably go, if I had to say a score right off the bat, I'd say Georgia on top. I'll say 31 14. Hmm. 31 14 W in 31, Atlanta 14, for the dubs. Dogs. Ruh, ruh, ruh. What about you, Mike? What do you think? Yeah, I'm in that same ballpark. Very similar for me. Um, you know, even if and and it's not like Oregon's a depleted roster. It's not like they're not a good team. But when you look at the recruiting, you know, over the last five or so years, Kirby's tenure, what have you, um, Georgia's just going to have bodies. Where if Oregon does keep it close into the second half, yeah. in the third or fourth quarter, you know, at a at a certain point, that offensive line is going to be able to lean. I think and you know, carry the game out with the run game if they have to, but I don't think that they'll have to at all. Um, but if it comes down to that, I think Georgia's still going to be able to do that. Actually, it was when when you asked Ryan for a score prediction, I was my first thought was like 34 to 13, mm -hmm. something like that. Like you said, I think there will be more touchdowns scored. Um, that was actually a big red flag for me in that Clemson game last year. I was like, what is this? Like, what is this? 10 to 3 with the only yeah. touchdown being defensive, I was like, what is this? But yeah. obviously not a problem is what it was over the yeah. long haul. Yeah. More touchdowns though, but Georgia by 21, 20 points yeah. for sure. Uh, okay. Uh, so if I'm an Oregon fan, <clears throat> there's not many things that I like about this. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Uh, I don't like that. It's a first year coaching staff. I don't, uh, there, there, anyway, there's several things here that I don't like. If, I, if I'm looking for positives though, I like the positive that, uh, my new head coach is pretty familiar with that roster. Yep. Uh, I also like that uh, I have been able to pair Bo Nix with his offense coordinator from Auburn and, and Coach Dillingham. But yep. overall, I don't I don't like Oregon's chances here. I think Georgia is going to be able to win this game defensively and simply on the ground. I think ground game will open up the passing game. Uh, Stetson Bennett will be able to hit some some throws downfield. I've got the dogs. In Atlanta over Oregon, 31-10, so a very similar final score to mm. Ryan here. Then you guys uh, return home again uh, after <laughs> coming home from Atlanta. <laughs> nah, but yeah, this neutral site garbage. Okay, that's cool. Uh, you host the Mighty Dogs. I think they're the Dogs, Bulldogs of Sanford. They're the Bulldogs. Yeah, out of Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, that's um, the, the it's the Baptist Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and throw mine out there. I got you guys winning 56 to three. I just don't see this being anything closer, really. Yeah, yeah. I, this is one of those, Mike. You probably say the same. You guys name the score. 
they'll make it happen. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys don't remember, remember they got in a shootout with Florida last year. But if you want to be honest, I really think Florida at that point of the year late was hot garbage. So yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. uh, I, but yeah, I think that's a totally different thing. You name the score, they'll make it happen. We'll, yeah. we'll just, if you need a score, I'll say 48-3. 48 to 3. Put it in, man. I'm putting it in the spreadsheet, which means you're you're going down on record. All right. There it is. <laughs> Mike, any comments yeah. on Sanford? Name your score, Georgia. You know, if their offense doesn't perform the way that they want to against Oregon, they're going to iron those issues out and really mm-hmm. probably go a long way against a Sanford team that you're not hitting your own guys. You know what I mean? You're seeing mm-hmm. someone different. Um, yeah. if they want to run it up, they certainly could. You know, score prediction. I think Sanford gets maybe six. And yeah. Georgia certainly goes over 50 if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, after that, you guys travel to South Kakalaki to take on the mighty Spencer Rattlers. And if I remember right, this was the game last year <clears throat> where Beamer goes on record for saying something like they didn't have anything magical, just a bunch of five stars or something garbage like yeah. that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is one of those games, not where I'm going to be rooting for Georgia, just kind of hoping that Georgia breaks the back. Of, of South Carolina for like the rest of the year yeah so if that happens hey I'm I'm here for that but how do you guys think the dogs are going to fare in Columbia that night so first of all let me just sidebar here and say that's the hottest daggum place I've ever been in my life if you've never been there in September yes, yes. Columbia well Columbia and Clemson just right there in South Carolina <laughs> off the coast it's so it's so hot, man. Yeah. It's awful. My dad wants to go to that game. He's going to that game. He wants me to go. I said, man, I've got nothing left in Columbia for me to see. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's nothing for me to go and see there. It's awful. But well, let me just yeah. Let me, uh, hey, but before it, you start, hang on, Ron. Before you yeah. start, but I, I was in Columbia for the Tennessee South Carolina game in 2014, and ironically enough, that was the coldest I have ever been. Uh, the wind was coming yeah. in from the open end on that stadium, and I for uh, when we were walking up. Uh, nobody's tailgating around the stadium. I don't know if you've ever been before, but the only thing right yeah, it's outside a, it's the stadium, a, it's an it's an industrial park. It's yeah, awful. yeah, yeah. There is a gas it's station awful. and a and a bojangles yes. attached to that gas yes. station, and you walk up and you're wondering if a game is actually happening. Uh, yes. They actually tailgate about three to four miles away from the stadium because yes. you know that makes a lot of sense. Uh, maybe yes. Darius Rucker had something to do with that. But anyway, uh, as you were saying, <laughs> South Carolina. Yeah, I. The Spencer Rattler thing, you know, adds a new element to it. I don't know how he's going to fare against SEC defenses compared to the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. um, but I do think he, I do think he adds something special for Coach Beamer to do that. I think they have some weapons, and they they ended the season really well, a lot of momentum, and I think they have a couple weapons. But again, against who they're playing, I just think Georgia's defense is the difference in that game. I, I don't think if they're going to get into shootouts with a lot of teams, they're going to – they may come out on top in a few. That wouldn't be one of them. So, I think that's actually a fun game. I think if it wasn't a noon, that's a classic nooner. That's a snoozer for a big game. Like, if you want to get your team and your fans pumped up, noon's not going to help. Right. So, I'm still going to say uh, Georgia 38. South Carolina, I'll be generous and I'll give them 21. Oh, you know? why my not? <laughs> goodness. You and I are thinking why, a why lot not? alike. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary yeah. because when you ask Ryan for his score prediction or when just when that first comes up, I'm like, I've got a number that just pops in my head and it's like right there in the same ballpark. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
a lot of times when guys get as much hop as Spencer Rattler's getting, you just have to prove it for me. Like, especially from a guy that got replaced at Oklahoma. I mean, by week three, I'm not sure who South Carolina will have played yet, but if he hasn't been baptized into the SEC yet, he's getting baptized into the SEC that day. He's going to face a pass rush like he's never seen before except in bowl games and playoffs. He's going to see speed like he just can't imagine he's never faced before unless, again, playoffs, things like that. But unfortunately for him, he's been replaced by that point of seasons historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think this is a big win for Georgia. This will this will be probably like four of the best tight ends on the field in any game all year between <laughs> Bowers and Eric Gilbert, if he's the guy, and then uh, Jaheim Bell and Austin Stoner at South Carolina. I mean, great mm-hmm. tight ends on the field. But you can't win the game that way if you're South Carolina when you don't have the talent everywhere else. I think they're going to get beat probably 35-17 Georgia in, yeah. in this one. Okay. Uh, I went very close to Ryan. Mike, I don't know if you're looking at our share drive or not, but I said Georgia 38-20. Uh, and I, <laughs> but I do think you guys have said enough about that. I do want to add in, you know, this is going to be a tight end game. So, ladies, if you're looking for a tight end, that's your game. Moving on to home against <laughs> Kent State. 42-14 dogs for me. Kent State. Comments? Let's not camp out on this long. That's another <laughs> you name the score, you got it, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 49-3. I, I don't know. They're going to kill them for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that might be a dipping into the 50s. I'll say a 53-3. to three. 53-3. Dipping into the 50 burgers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then we then we move on to you travel to some really hostile territory in Columbia, Missouri. This is another one of those games where, not that I'm rooting for Georgia again, but golly, please break their backs. I mean, seriously, I am I'm done with Eli Drinkwitz. <laughs> I get that kid a lightsaber, let him go, you know, make remake his homemade Star Wars movies and get out of football. Anyway, talk to me about Missouri. Yeah, Drinkwitz, you know, historically at all the places he's been has done halfway decent, but this is what, year three, four for him now? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of – this is that microscope year for him, and I'm also going to throw Jeff Collins from just Georgia Tech into that as well. This is that microscope season for them. But yeah, they've, they've got to be in a bowl. They've got to, I'd say, seven, eight wins for them if they really want to, you know, continue to try this experiment. But I just don't think he has anything at all I don't think he has a defense that's going to support the offense that he will have uh it's gonna they're gonna lose some games they have no business losing like mm-hmm. I don't think that they have any business losing to a uh, a Kentucky I think they're very similar to Kentucky I think but we'll get to Kentucky in a little bit because I actually think they're going to be pretty good but they're going to lose a game that they have no business losing and it's going to be one of those and that's not going to abode well for him but again it's just too much across the board for Georgia not to not to do that. If that's a night game, that kind of adds a new element because that's mm-hmm. a cool place to be. I've been there. Their first season in the SEC was against Georgia back in 2013. That was a, or 2012. That was a really cool atmosphere. But they were obviously jacked up. That's kind of cool and came down to the last you know series of the game. But uh, no, too much Georgia. I'm gonna go uh, 30. No, 42 mm. to. I'll be generous. I'll say 17 for them as well. Bro, <laughs> Mike, please tell me you're looking at the – are you looking at the drive, Mike? No, I'm not. Man, I said 41-17. Ryan, hey, oh get out of my We're on the same page, head. baby. 
Hey, y'all are down there in Gainesville. Y'all are collaborating on me over here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we could be doing the same thing on, on the drive, but we're not. Yeah. Uh, I'm, t- I'm too interested in seeing how close these end up being. But, yeah, uh, you know, I saw recently they named Brady Cook. They're starting quarterback. You know, that puts zero Ooh. fear. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that puts zero fear in my bones, but that's even better said. Who? Yeah, he's a, he's a Missouri native, or he's clo- he, he grew up close to the area there or something like that. So, it's important to him. It's important to the school. That does not count for wins. Uh, they are in a huge talent deficiency. I mean, this is going to be an ugly game for them, I think. You know, a lot of that talent that Pinkle and Odom had, they always had dudes. Like, they always had this running back who was good for, like, you know, he could throw out, like, a 200-yard game, like, every third week or something like that. Yeah. Had tied, that tied in Albert O, that was really good. They don't – I don't think they have those guys anymore, man. I mean, I think this is going to be, again, a pretty ugly one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have have heard they had some pieces yeah. on defense, so maybe they hold Georgia under 40. I'll say 38 to 10. I don't think they're going to put up many points against Georgia's defense. Okay. You're talking about a, uh, a unit on defense last year. <clears throat> Goodness, excuse me that gave somewhere around 230 yards rushing per game. And I think the strength of Georgia, we're going to get into that a little bit, is going to be their ability to run. So anyway, with that said, 41-17. After that, you guys come back home. Again, I, I, I see a theme here. Uh, you're back home against the Mighty Tigers of Auburn. I've got you guys winning that game 42-21. Thoughts, comments, questions, complaints? Yeah, that that's one of those rivalry games that you you just don't want to come in asleep. It don't matter where Auburn's at, you know. I the thing that I think is going to be interesting for them this year, and and maybe by that time of the season they'll have it figured out. But I don't think they know who their starting quarterback is. I think that between T.J. Finley and who is it? Isn't it Cal Zach Calzada? Calzada. Yeah, Calzada yeah. just uh, transferred in from A and I I don't think. Based off of what I've seen and, and read from uh, the coach, they don't know what they're doing at quarterback right now. I think he's trying to play that off, but I think that they're going to be flip-flopping a lot back and forth. I think Finley has more experience in that uh, that program uh, behind behind Bo Nix. So I think that he'll be the guy. But I, in a rivalry game, you never know what's going to happen, but yeah. I still believe that Georgia's defense is the difference in that one. Uh, low scoring affair. I think Georgia's uh, Auburn's defense is actually not as bad as people think that they are. So Agreed. I think that's going to be that's going to be more of a tight game, kind of into the third quarter. I want to say so. I'm going to go uh, Georgia 28, uh, Auburn 14. Okay, all right. Kind of pull, kind of pulls away a little two score game there, yeah. but you know looks a little bit different in the fourth quarter. Okay, Mike. And I'm just going to go slightly off of that one. You know, I was thinking about it again as we were talking about them. I think it winds up being like a 31-13 or 10 win for Georgia. Um, Auburn is interesting. I'm really fascinated to watch what happens there because of just what a what a Tennessee offseason they had. There it is. What a Tennessee offseason they had at Auburn. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, things got so weird there last year. They were always weird with Bo Nix. It's always weird at Auburn. And like you said, Ryan, big rivalry game. You definitely want to mm-hmm. be on point that day. You don't want to let – you don't want to give them any hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think by this point that – We'll either know we'll know Brian Harson's future at this point. Um, I don't like their quarterbacks. I don't trust them, um, but I do like their defense a little bit better, as as you mentioned yeah. as well. Um, but still, I think you know, 31-10 ballpark for this. Uh, okay. You just got to be on point that day and, and not give them any hope that they wouldn't otherwise have. Okay, right. 
yeah, either way, we got dubs across the board. You guys stay home and host Vanderbilt, which you guys thumped last year, 62 to nothing. Ooh. I mean, is this one of those Sanford Kent State games? Is that what we're looking at here? Yeah, I, I again, I feel like you named the score. You got it. I do like their new coach. I, I don't know if y'all watched him at all at SEC Media Days. I, I love the confidence that he has. If you look at reality, though, it's kind of like, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can stand on the deck of the Titanic with water taken on and be like, no, I believe in the structural integrity of this ship. But, you know, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. I, I don't think that one's going to be close. I do want to see how that guy does in the next two to three years. I think that that's one of those guys. Uh, who's the guy who's at Penn State right now? That was James Franklin. Franklin. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I think can get enough swagger that you get them bowl eligible and they get some decent wins that look good for your program, but not this year. So, <laughs> so I, I, oh, I'm sorry, you still need a score. Uh, it's not going to be in the 60s this time, I don't okay. think. Okay. Right. But I, I said that last year. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> kind of thought to, I'll still say uh, 49. 10 they get a little touchdown in the fourth quarter that makes it look a little nice garbage time any comments mike yeah i think georgia does go over 50 so i'm gonna say 56 to 6 a couple field goals for vanderbilt um i actually like clark lee as well i think at a place like vanderbilt you have to have a former player someone that is really passionate about the place or you have to have someone like james franklin who's just on a quick trajectory a stepping stone trajectory you know what i mean right uh, you really need one or the other um so maybe Clark Lee is someone that can do that if, if they'll give him time and if they'll invest some resources, but they're nowhere close. Uh, their quarterback, actually, it could be fun to watch if he can stay upright and things like that. Mike Wright. <laughs> if he stays alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Vanderbilt does do us a solid of bringing us the first college football game of the year against Hawaii at Hawaii. But they could Go play Rainbow Georgia Warriors. The... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could play Georgia on the moon. Georgia's going over 50 if they want to. I'm going to say 56 to 6. Okay. All right. I will, I will say this before we move on from Vanderbilt. There was a time in a, in a, a long time ago in a galaxy far away where we used to kind of root for Vanderbilt. Like, come on, little brother. Now, <laughs> now I don't care. As a matter of fact, I want them oh, and out 12, of, baby. Yes. I want them out of Nashville. Stop claiming yes. that city, you know, go to like Clarksville or something, you know, you know what? Move to another state. I think Alabama wants, I think Alabama wants you. They need, they need you for your academics, Vanderbilt. You then have yes. a bye week, which is is good because you're going to be heading to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Two questions, Ryan. Are you going to be there, and what's your final score? Yes, I'm always there. My family and I, we haven't missed – well, we missed one year. My mom was battling cancer in 2014, uh, so that was tough. But we haven't missed one of those since 1999, or I haven't. Oh, wow. My dad has – my dad hasn't missed a cocktail party since 1977. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> so, which is pretty cool. cool. Um, but that's that's kind of our little uh, vacation away for the fall. We go and stay on Amelia Island down there just outside of Jacksonville from Thursday to Sunday. So, we make a weekend of it. It's a lot of fun. That's, that's our family time, which is cool. cool. But, dude, if you've never been to the cocktail party, man, it is uh, – it's a zoo. It's uh, – it's a Sodom and Gomorrah site, man. It's, 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 it's shenanigans. I've seen some stuff in Jacksonville on, du on Duval Street that, you know, little kids in high school shouldn't see. <laughs> okay. 
Well, careful because you uh, did just softball pitch me a Sodom and Gomorrah reference, and do we really yes. want to talk about what God did to Sodom <laughs> yes. and Gomorrah? Yes. So. No, it is, but it's it's a zoo, man. It's a, it's a scene. It's a carnival. It's fun. But um, the other thing to that is, I have seen some really really bad Florida teams mm-hmm. beat some pretty good Georgia teams okay. over the year, yeah. and that's the that's the one rivalry game. And there's a couple rivalry games Georgia has, but that's the one that you just can't figure out what's going to happen because everything on paper tells you George is going to dominate these guys. But I've seen in the early 2000s and then in the early 2010s where there's no reason why Florida should even be in that game. And then they find a way to win it. Mm-hmm. Even Georgia would be 2002 national champions as if, if it wasn't for Florida and, and Ron Zook, who is that guy, you know? So bump that guy. So <laughs> I, I say that, but, um, I just I think Florida is in a unique place. I think Billy Napier is a good pick for them. I don't think this is the season uh, for him though. With Richardson at quarterback, I, I think that kid he may not even be starting at that point. If you want me to be honest with you, but um, okay. he's talented. But I just he doesn't know how to make decisions well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still have Georgia talent level where they're at right now, kind of still pulling away. I think that one's a fun one up until halftime. But I'm going to give Georgia 35, Florida 20. Okay. All right. Mike, what about you? Yeah, I like Georgia. I like Georgia in the low 40s here. I'm going to say 42, maybe even 45 points for Georgia. Um, Florida's depth is just not in a place that we're used to as far as what they're missing. It's just – it's different this time. Um, Because you add in Mullen not recruiting to the level of what other guys have done there, and it's just – it's kind of a recipe for disaster. I do think Napier's a good coach. We'll obviously definitely talk more about Florida in Tennessee's future um, as we get there. Um, I don't like Anthony Richardson either. I, I love his potential, you know, but I don't like him doing it consistently against a Georgia defense. I saw somebody online this week, just to throw this in here, um, that was talking about, you know, what quarterback led Florida down the field last year against Georgia. And I'm thinking, maybe I'm forgetting something. Maybe they put up a couple touchdowns. No, they put up one touchdown against Georgia. And I can yeah. see them doing that again. You know, I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. 42 to – I'll be generous and say 10. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. They've got transfer from Louisiana. I think Louisiana must hate Billy Napier because he took everybody that was worth coming with him to Florida. Um, 45-7, it's ugly. Dude, I would love that. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we hate Florida, brother. We hate them. <laughs> yeah, there, if there's any common ground that we're going to find today, it's going to be our hatred for Florida. I kind of see this uh, this game unfolding the way Tennessee-Florida did in 2016, where Tennessee kind of came out flat uh, but went on to score 30, 38 uh, unanswered. 38 unanswered. 38 unanswered. I kind of see y'all going back and forth in the first half, but I, I don't really see it being much of a contest in the second. I got uh, the dogs over the Gators, uh, 42-24. Some news did break yep. this week about the backups quarterback situation in Florida and him being out from what I believe yeah. is now the year. So yeah. it would be a shame. Oh. It would be a shame, Ryan. If, if he accidentally got hurt, you know, Mr. Richardson, I don't wish anything upon anybody, okay? <laughs> but, you know, let's just say that, you know, his knee hurts real bad, you know, after this game. I don't know. I, I, never mind. I probably shouldn't be saying this over the internet, but whatever. Um, I think the Anthony Richardson hype is a little much. Uh, he's gotten some Cam Newton comparisons, which I think is utterly ridiculous because he – Just don't do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you talking, do it. you're talking about – arguably the greatest college football player of all time. 
So uh, I just I can't get on board with that. Can't get on board with that. I got I got the uh, the dogs in that one, and then Siri play Rocky Top. <laughs> Volunteers travel down to Athens, Georgia. Ryan, I'm I'm gonna be kind here, okay? Be kind. I'm gonna let you guys. I, I'm gonna let you go first. Go ahead. I I will be kind and I will be real. So this this is the week that starts a three week stretch of like. Watch yourself for Georgia fans, okay? Because you've got Tennessee, you've got Kentucky, and you've got Mississippi State. Okay. Uh, the, of the three of those, I think Tennessee, you know, obviously concerns me the most. Uh, great momentum ending the season. I, listen, first of all, I watched down in Miami at the Orange Bowl. I watched that bowl game with Purdue. God, well, that's that was ridiculous. Can we not? Uh, yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> Should, shouldn't have brought that up. But I, I believe that that was, that was Tennessee's game. That would have ended really well. It still ended the season really well. Um, I think Hooker uh, is the talent that they need to do well offensively. I'm wondering, and maybe y'all think the same, what weapons are going to be around receiver wise for him I think you saw in the Georgia game even last year and some other games this was the game where you could see flashes of oh like this is pretty good Mm -hmm. this these guys can do really well I do think that that's going to give uh the Georgia defense some fits there's two games of the season one of them's later we'll talk about that I think the Georgia defense is going to look suspect and this is one of them um it but if you want me to be you know, going with the heart and the head. I think that that's a fun game. I think it's a shootout game, obviously. I, I think that's where both defenses struggle a lot. Okay. Can can Tennessee, you know, survive the shootout games? And this may be one of those that you can try to survive. Um, if, you know, I'm still going to go with my heart here. I'm going to say Georgia still wins. I'm going to go a 38 to 31. Oh, find wow. a way to score. Kind of, it's going to be one of those kind of comes down to like the last three minutes of the game and you find a way to score a touchdown. So, okay. Well, well, Mike, before we get to your prediction, Ryan, thanks for coming on today. That would be all for you for now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dan said, bye, Felicia. <laughs> oh, no. Um, no, the people, uh, the people that are projecting Tennessee to beat tennis, uh, Tennessee to beat Alabama or Georgia. We've talked about it. It's too soon for that, in my opinion. Yep. Um, what I like about what I like and dislike about Tennessee's offense is that we got to a point last year where we started hot and then we coasted, kind of coasted. Um, you know, we could still pick up yards, but we didn't always pick up points. Um, in this game, for this to be a close game for four quarters, Tennessee will cannot drop off. You know, it can't be a hot start, carry you through the rest of the game situation. It have to be four quarters of good, solid execution. And I just don't trust Tennessee either, kind of like Oregon, kind of like some other teams we've mentioned, to be able to do that for four quarters just with the talent discrepancies. Um, I don't think it's as ugly as it's been the last several years, but I could see this game, you know, I could see Georgia doubling up Tennessee, like 42-21, just because of the talent discrepancies. Offensive line is a strength like Dan and I figured out. You know, we feel pretty good about them, but it's going to be their toughest test, one of the toughest tests all season. So, Maybe they're clicking, but that's just where I'm at today. Okay. Uh, so, Ryan, Mike and I have a, a good friend named Wayne, and Wayne tells us earlier in the week that he says, listen, y'all, Tennessee is going to go down to Athens, beat Georgia, and then they're going to win the East, and they're going to lose to Bama, and Bama's going to win a natty. Wrong, wrong, correct. Okay? We're not, <laughs> we're not winning the East. 
and we're not beating Georgia in Athens. And I, I think I can base this off one thing. Tell me whether you disagree or agree, Ryan. Depth. Depth. Depth at almost every single position. Yeah. I am worried for our quarterback in this game. I, it's not the same that I don't like our offensive line. Uh, I just really like Georgia's defense, even though you guys <laughs> lost a lot. I believe you're returning 14 starters uh, right. on, on, on both sides of the ball. But yep. I, I, I do think this is a bit of a shootout. I've got the Vols losing a heartbreaker. 31 to 27. I think, again, I think it comes down to the final minutes there. Uh, but because my heart is in a wrench right now, we're going to move on <laughs> <laughs> to Starkville. Let's talk about Mississippi State, and we'll take a commercial break. Yeah, because, like, we have those dogs <laughs> traveling to Starkville. I've got, I've got the Athens dogs winning 31-21. What do you got? Mike, you want to go first? You gonna do? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know much about Mississippi State's defense, but all that I've heard all offseason long is how the Mike Leach, Mike Leach offense in year three of wherever he's at is a special year for them. Um, and I actually like Will Rogers quite a bit, but I still like Georgia's defense more. I think for this to go in Mississippi State's favor, it would just take a disastrous, you know, a lot of busts. And frankly, this is something that's been talked about a lot too, depending on who you listen to, there's just not many plays in that leech offense. There's a lot of mesh. There's a lot of the same things with just different looks. And I just think someone like Kirby and the defensive staff, even losing landing, they're just not going to be fooled by that for four quarters. You know, maybe Mississippi State does keep it close and, and make it a bit of a shootout, but I don't know much about their defense. And I'm still going to say it's a 17-point win for Georgia. I'll go 38-21. Okay. This is all in the head, and I pray and pray that I am wrong, but this is the game that is the big trap game for Georgia, and this okay. is where everything just kind of doesn't work. It's just that game where the offense isn't clicking and the defense just doesn't seem to feel like they even know how to play football anymore. <laughs> but I just that's a really cool atmosphere with the cowbells and everything, but I just feel like this is the game where their defense – figures out Georgia's offense and keeps their offense close enough to where they can try to work a little bit. I agree with you, Mike. I, I like Will Rogers. He's kind of one of the like underrated quarterbacks in the SEC, in my opinion. Uh, but I feel like this is that game where they just keep it really close, maybe even low scoring, but they still hold the ball and and go down the field and, and uh, manage time well. Yeah. But I still want to just say George is going to find a way to win. That'll be a low-scoring one. I'll go 28-20. Uh, 28-20. 28-20. Wow. Hey, I, I need to make sure I heard this right. Did you say uh, the word cool before the word atmosphere in Starkville? Is that what you said? With all those cowbells? Cool. Yeah. It's cool, man. I, I, I reckon you and I have different versions of cool. <laughs> Maybe we and... shouldn't knock it till we've been there. You know what I mean? Listen, for, for Mississippi State, Starkville, Stark Vegas, that's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most excitement the, all year, the, right? Yeah, the, the, football the, games. The, junk, the junction down there, you know? Listen, Mississippi State fans know who have lost, but I have zero desire to visit your venue. You are, yes. you are, you are not Amen. on my list. Amen. Oh, man. Not on my list. All right, with that said, dogs travel again. Go from Starkville to Lexington, Kentucky. And listen, y'all, I think this crowd is going to be jumping. Rupp Arena. Wait. Yeah, Rupp Arena <laughs> Basketball School. Just kidding. Kroger well Field. I think Kroger Field is going to be going to be bumping. 
Uh, however, I, I got <laughs> I got the dogs in a close one, twenty-one seventeen. Thoughts? I I totally buy into that. That's a fun place to be too. I've gotten to go up there before. Um, not when they were as good as they've been the last two to three years. I like what Stoops has been doing up there. Um, I think uh, their quarterback situation is the same. I, I love uh, – I'm blanking out here. Tell me his name. Will Levis, the banana yeah, Levis. eater. Yeah, dude, I love that guy. He's, he's a baller. I think he's the emotional leader of the team, and he's, he's just a tough-nosed kid. Um, so I, I like what he's about. Uh, but I totally agree. If, if it's not the week before against Tennessee – they're going to be emotionally drained from that. They're going to have to try to bounce back. It'll be interesting to see where Kentucky's at at that point of the season. I can't remember what tough games they have. I know they have a few leading up to then, but um, I 100% agree. Low-scoring game. Uh, I see Georgia finding a way to get the running game going more so than the passing game in this kind of, in this kind of game because Kentucky traditionally has just not done well against the inside run. They're, they're, they're quick. They do good against the pass, but I think Georgia's run game is the kind of the difference in this one. So I'll I'll go the same. I'm gonna say 24-14. Okay. All right. Mike. I I like where you guys are at on this. Um, and it's interesting to hear from a Georgia fan, you know, what potential trap games there are, because for me it's easy to just get overwhelmed and think about the recruiting and the dudes coming back and all that. Um, I guess in terms of trap game, this probably would be the one that would scare me the most as well, because it is on the road. Um, Kentucky is bringing back some nice things for yep. me though. It comes down to them losing a guy like Wondell Robinson. Um, he can be replaced. It'll probably be by committee if they do replace him. Um, I'm not definitely not as high on the Levis hop, like as t- in terms of top 10 pick will Levis, he could play into that for sure. I just don't see it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he turned the ball over a lot last year and he'll need to play a perfect game to keep this one close. Yep. But I do like Kentucky being able to keep this game close. I'm going to say though, I'm going to say 21-13 Georgia. It is a close game. There's a lot of run plays in this game for both teams. That'll be the strength of both teams, I think. Yeah. Um, but a closer game, still a Georgia win for me. Okay. So, Kentucky is going to finish October visiting Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. The thing that sets up nicely for those guys is they, they, they then travel to Columbia, Missouri to play, uh, to play Mizzou. But then they're home against Vanderbilt before they host Georgia. So if I'm a Kentucky fan, like I, I kind of like the way that sets up. Don't really love that if I'm looking through a, a Georgia lens here. Either way, I think in the end, depth is going to be a key factor for Georgia. The ability to defend the run, to be able to, the, to the ability to run themselves. I do think Kentucky can keep this close till the end, but in the end, uh, I like Georgia too much. Which leads us to last game of the year versus the mighty bumblebees of wait is that they get a name change yellow jackets of georgia tech how, how, how many comments do we have here ryan like what do you this actually wait 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 serious question is coach collins still in atlanta by this point he is but this is the end of the line so okay this this, this is the one that kind of knocks him out so it's so hard because this, from a lifelong Georgia fan, this has always been my favorite game. But that's that's kind of an old school, long, long rivalry. Of course, you haven't had that rivalry as long as you have with like an Auburn sure. or a Florida. 
But that game used to be a lot of fun and incredibly competitive. And I remember going to a lot of them as a kid. But, man, over the last, God, like eight to ten years, it's just not fun. Yeah. It's not fun to watch anymore, and it's not fun to be a part of. Um, and I would like to say that they're going to do well. I like Sims, their quarterback. Have you ever yeah. seen that kid run around yes. that yeah. game against – that game against, I think, North Carolina in the Dome mm-hmm. or uh, the Bens last year. I just said the Georgia Dome. What the heck? <laughs> um, that was a fun game. That was a fun game, and he was a lot of fun to watch. I, I think he's he's kind of the dark horse in contention for kind of an ACC Offensive Player of the Year. I don't think he'll get it, but I think he's in the running for it. But, again, there's just – I don't see any answer for them – making this rivalry competitive this year. Yeah. I think it's the end of the line for Jeff Collins. I and honestly, I want to say it's going to be close, but it's not, I think it's going to be another tub thumping. I, yeah. I'm going to say Georgia 53 tech. I'll give them 14, but I, I think this is, this is the, uh, the, the last stand for, for old G off. Okay. <laughs> G off. I like <laughs> G off. Yeah. For me, uh, man, I, I really like the inside about Georgia Tech because all that I know about him is Sims. I know his name. I've seen him play. He's a lot of fun. And then the only other thing I know is that Jameer Gibbs left. And I have a lot of love for that kid, even though he's playing in a in the armpit and the pit of hell right now is where he's playing at. Um, but You I don't have know to tell me when team. you're going to say these things. I got to hit the censor button, bro. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said the place. I didn't actually, you know, you know, anything like that. It's a um, talk about the place. <laughs> yeah, Tuscaloosa, <laughs> that's the place. Um, but yeah, I don't know much about this team other than they're going to get waxed on this day. Um, it could be the end of the line if he's if he's not gone by then for sure for Geoff. I really like yeah. that name and love that spelling. <laughs> but yeah, ugly game, ugly game. And uh, you know, again, I think Georgia could could name their score. They could potentially shut them out if they wanted to, if they keep the running quarterback in check. But mm-hmm. ugly, ugly game for for GT's sake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking here. Georgia's won four straight games in this series by an average margin of 36.3 points. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So this was another. This was another fun stat I saw the other day. It said if you combined all of Georgia Tech's offensive scores from the last four or five seasons against Georgia they still wouldn't win one of those games. <laughs> oh, golly. It's really, it's really bad. It's really Goodness. Nice. Goodness. Goodness gracious. Well, it looks like all three of us have uh, the Bulldogs going 12-0, and 0, which would put you guys in Atlanta. Um, I don't think any of us are going to agree on who's going to be contending out of the West. It's going to be <laughs> going to be Georgia-Bama again. Um, any differences there? Disagreements? Not for me. Okay. Not for me. I think. Yeah. I think. I think it's going to be Alabama. I think it's going to be interesting. I really want to. I want Arkansas to be good. I really do. Don't uh, we all? Because I like. I like Sam Pittman. I love the jukebox thing. Um, and I think they're going to be pretty good this year. But I. I think they're going to lose the games that are going to matter. I think they're going to lose Alabama. And I believe it or not, they're either going to lose to LSU, which mm. I think is still down right now. But I think that they'll lose that game, or they're going to lose to Texas A&M. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So they're going to they're they're going to have two conference losses that are going to hurt them from winning the West. Yeah. yeah. What I them? think that Arkansas. Oh. oh, sorry. I think that Arkansas and pro, I think KJ and Stetson are probably the quarterbacks that fair or unfair are being slept on too much. KJ just it blows my mind the level of you know he's not making a lot of these lists and things that just really blows my mind. But 
and I would love to see them win the West. Like, be my guest. But yeah. I yeah. think yes. it's Alabama. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I would love to see Arkansas do something like that. But watch them turn around and lose to Auburn or somebody <laughs> like that. I mean, seriously. So, uh, hey, let's continue the conversation on, on Georgia a little bit here. Uh, you know, we're Tennessee fans. We're on the outside looking in. Uh, a few episodes ago, we did a position breakdown concerns. So let's talk about that uh, and through the lens of Georgia. Uh, before we do that, Ryan, won't you give us a name? Give us a give us a Georgia Bulldog name that nobody's talking about right now, but they will be at the end of the season. And somebody not named Stetson Bennett, somebody not Nolan Smith or Jalen Carter, Carter, Ringo, no, not those guys. Who's somebody that they're not talking about right now that they will be at the end of the season? Okay. There's actually two guys that they're going to be talking about, and they're both on the offensive side. Okay. Georgia is stacked at the running back position still. I think that they're going to be fine with Kendall Milton. I think they're going to be fine um, with the – oh, gosh, I'm blanking out – McIntosh. Okay. Um, but here's a name that is potentially going to be starting by the end of the season. Now, you're going to see them rotate those guys because that's just what they've done since the – uh, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb thing has kind of taken off, but you're going to be talking about a kid named Braxton Robinson. All right. He's the number two running back out of the 2022 class, five foot 10, 220 pound wrecking ball. He's got a Nick Chubb build really fast. Uh, he's been making waves in spring camp. He was really good in the spring game. If y'all didn't get a chance to catch that. And I've been hearing good stuff about the fall. So if he's not starting, by week one in two weeks, you're going to hear of him. And he's going to be a three running back tandem that, that gets shaken in there. Now, there's a couple other guys, too, that need to be in there. But the talent level between those three will be big. So, Robinson will be one. Okay. Hey, tight end you like they <laughs> needed more tight ends. Listen, Oscar Delp. Remember that name. Okay. Delp if with you, a P? Yeah, Delp. No, D. D-E-L-P. Oscar Delp. Dope. He was awesome in the screen. He was awesome, awesome in the spring game. He's been doing great these last this last month in summer camp. I think if you saw, imagine coming out and you see Brock Bowers, you see Darnell Washington, and you see Delt come out in a three tight end set. That's scary. Well, and then you add in like an, an Eric Gilbert that transferred in from LSU. He's back this year. He's healthy. So there's four potential monster tight ends. NFL caliber that you're going to have. And I think that they're actually going to probably like put him out into like that, you know, X uh, wide receiver slayer, kind of do mm -hmm. some inside moves, but you're going to hear dealt a lot by at least week four or five. Okay. So, and I just want to say, I'm sorry. I forgot about Darnell Washington when I was talking about tight ends earlier. Dude, I literally yeah. listen, listen, I, if one guy gets hurt and Lord help, you don't want that to happen, but man, they're just, they're loaded. That's the they one, are. that's the one position all across the board offensively defensively that there's no about at all. Okay. Totally forgot about him and he's huge. So I don't know how. Oh yeah. He's a monster dude. Oh man. So I have two comments and I, I believe we've seen pictures of this Braxton Robinson kid coming out of high school who looks a lot like Nick Chubb did when he was coming yeah. out. Uh, secondly though, if you guys come out and you drop three tight ends on the field at one time, listen, 1995 called and they want their offense back. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Just boom. It'll be great. It'll be so, great. Uh, maybe you, maybe you already, you, you told us here, or maybe you did anyway, uh, who are you most excited about? Why? This could be any name. Just 
Who, who's who am I most excited? excited about? So somebody that you may not even think about, and you'll remember the name when I say it, but the the wide receiver depth is really deep too. Now we just lost, uh, you know, Arian Smith to a, a season ending injury about two weeks ago, which really sucks for him. He's really struggled with injuries and, and I hate that for him. But last year, a kid that nobody knew about, well, like Brock Bowers, nobody knew about Brock Bowers till the season started. Yeah. But the the kid out wide, Lad McConkey, if y'all remember Lad, that is the most serviceable, dependable wide receiver that you're going to find. Um, he's quick as grease lightning. You probably don't remember this name a couple years back. Uh, oh, gosh. And now I'm, all, I'm, I'm blanking. Michael Bennett was yeah. a wide receiver for yeah. Georgia that was just – if you threw it up there, he was going to catch it. Sure. And so Lad McConkey is – I want to see if he takes another step forward because he was really good. This was his freshman year last year. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he plays into are you the go-to wide receiver or are you that guy that nobody's going to think about but ends up having about 75 to 150 receiving yards a game. So I like Lad. He was really – Awesome in a lot of games last year and had some really you know cool circus catches. So he's the guy you throw it up there, he's gonna find a way to catch it. Okay. Lad McConkey. McConkey. I'm pretty sure I got that right. Uh yes. now this this next question here, I, I kind of want you to just, just give me a quick answer because I, I really want you to talk about the position of concern. Give me what what is the strength of Georgia and then what's your position of concern for those guys? I, I think the strength is obviously where we just talked. The tight end position is just too deep. It's going to be deep for at least the next two or three years with uh, Bowers being a sophomore. Um, Delp's going to be a freshman. Gilbert's still got two years of eligibility. Darnell will probably be gone after this year, but um, but he'll be in the mix this year. Um, Concern-wise, I wouldn't say it's so much a position because I think offensively and defensively, the right guys are there, even losing some, you know, studs on the defensive side. That was a once a generation kind of defense last year. But for defense, I want to see who is going to be the leader, who's going to be the field general, because that's huge mm-hmm. for a defense like that. So when you're losing like a Nakobe Dean, who was the vocal leader, he was the guy that could shift the, the linemen around to where they needed to be. He could turn around and tell the backs where they needed to be. And here's one thing that stuck out to me, and it happened throughout the season, but you saw it in the national championship. But there was one of those drives where Alabama gets inside the 20. They're in the red zone. And, Lord help, I can't believe that they only scored, what, once inside the red zone or got a touchdown out of those. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So one of those series, um, there was a play where Bryce Young had a guy open. Now he had pressure coming, and he missed the target. But as soon as the play was over, Nakobe Dean got up in Channing Tindall's face and was clapping and being like, bro, that's you. Yeah, That was supposed to be you. You need to get your head in the game. And then what happened? The very next play on a big third down, Tindall comes around the outside and sacks Young. Mm. And then you see, you see Nakobe Dean get up and be like, that's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we have that leader. And that's going to be big for that. Is it? Is it going to be a Nolan Smith? I, I would hope it would be him. But I just – I think the leadership, the the intangible aspect of that is going to be the biggest thing. I'm really not concerned about positions. I am concerned about leadership because that's huge on the field. You can't rely on the coaches at that point. You can't rely on 
the fans to say, you know, he's coming from the outside when you're sending from the, you know, third deck up, up, yeah. up top. You need somebody on the field when things are not going right that's going to circle the wagon to be like, let's freaking do this. Yeah. And I, I just feel like the defensive leadership is probably the biggest concern if they want to continue to take steps forward and, and still have the same production. Yeah. Well, I, Mike, if I don't know if you're wanting to comment on that or not, but the, the only thing I really want to say is as a Tennessee fan, I'm, I'm hoping we attack that linebacker core. I know that you've got dudes there, but they're, they're, they're yep. names that we just don't know yet. So I, I'm hoping that we come at you hard in that, that mid range area yeah. i don't think we're gonna be able to run on you well but i'm hoping we can uh, attack you with a lot of mesh stuff a lot of a lot of concept routes uh and, and attack that mid uh that middle level defense on you you got any comments yeah, on that mike nothing nothing crazy no I, i'm with you i, I want to see it i want to see routes over the middle you know tight ends going up the field things like that those are what i would would feel are the the plays that would have the most success as of you know mid-august um, against Georgia, but yeah, no, great assessment. Really, really appreciate the insight on that one. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Ryan, for a while now, you've you've kind of been in the contest for running back. You uh, last year, your your backs exceeded more than two thousand yards. Do you do that again? I think they do. Are you talking about individually or as a core? As a core, as a unit, last year you had you had Zamir White go for eight fifty, you had Cook go yeah. for seven twenty, you had McIntosh yeah. go for a little over three hundred. Yeah. Anyway, all at the end of the day, your running back stable, not right. including Stetson Bennett, had more than two thousand. Right. So we're talking about the unit. I, th I think as a unit, you you get to two thousand. I think for an individual, they could get close to a thousand yards. Okay. But I just think the way the offense is built the last two years is just balanced. It's not going to be heavy on the run. They're not going to be heavy on the pass. They're, they're going to do things that are going to set up Stetson Bennett for success to have the pass plays open up. But when you have three serviceable running backs between Milton and McIntosh, and I, I really think Robinson's going to be in the mix there, they're going to, they're going to switch in so much, kind of like you saw uh, Zamir White and uh, a Cook, James Cook last year, just to stay fresh you're not going to get as many carries to where you can get a thousand yards. Do I think they can? I think with the season or the season, the schedule that they have, there's going to be some games where I think when you play like a Vanderbilt or a Kent state, mm -hmm. you're going to see a Macintosh run for 150 yards or more. Yeah. And so that'll, you'll, you'll add your stuff up. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I do think it's possible that you'll see a Macintosh or uh, a Robinson go for a thousand this year. I think it'd be fun. But as a as a core, I, th I just think that they're they're set up to put everybody in there to stay fresh, and that's why you see in the fourth quarter you saw some of those games, the Clemson game. I mean, it's still a one score game, mm -hmm. but the last the last series when the offensive line just started, you know, manhandling people, and you'd run for seven yards a game on the last series and just drain the clock. I think you're going to see a lot of that happen this year. Again, uh, talking about that Clemson game against a very good defense. Yeah. A, I mean, arguably one of the best. Specifically defensive in line. In front yeah. seven. I mean, they were they were a heck of a unit. They have been for five years, you know, if not longer. That front seven at, at Clemson's been close to Georgia's level. I, Georgia's had the upper hand, but that's been a good unit for a long time. And, yeah, yeah they ground them down there in the end. Yeah, Mike. Let me ask you real quick: two thousand yards for that running back stable, over or under? Over. 
Over. Okay. Over. All right. Yeah. Woo! All right. Yeah, all right. That'd be that'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I'm, 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 Mike, I'm questioning your ability to co-host with me. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, let's 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 shift the, the the topic here to the to the passing game. Let's talk Stetson Bennett, uh, a narrative that I'm a little tired of, uh, just on the outside looking in, and maybe you are too. Yeah. But so now JT Daniels is out of the picture, right? He's no longer in Athens. He's in Morgantown, West Virginia, climbing the mountains with the Mountaineers. How does this affect uh, Stetson Bittnett uh, now that JT is no longer breathing down his neck, now that fans are no longer calling for, you know, put JT in, we want to see JT. Yeah. You know, how does that affect him? Is is he going to is he going to remain the starter throughout the year? What kind of leash uh, are the Georgia fans going to give Stetson? Talk to me about him for a second. God, yeah, that that whole narrative of the quarterback situation, which has been going on since Jake Fromm was there, and they kept, you know, who's the kid that transferred to Ohio State? What was Justin that? Fields? Yeah, Justin Fields. I was like, I can't even remember him, but man, that that was a huge one for a while as well, and that was really unwarranted to Fields or uh, well to both of them, but Fromm, freshman year, ultimately one play away from a national championship. Um, but that was just always the thing. If anything went wrong or he wasn't throwing for, you know, 400 yards a game. Yeah. It's like, why do we still have this guy in? Why is this a thing? And I, to me, and this sounds so silly and, and not from a football knowledge standpoint, there's so many average uh, couch coach fans who they just look at him. They know his story. They know that he was just a walk-on and a backup, and he's not really impressive to look at. And so they they want the guy that they want to be in there that they think is going to take it to the next level. Here's the thing that I get so tired of. If you look at him, the thing that uh, Bennett did last year, and everybody's like, well, of course he, you know, won the championship. He had a great defense and all that stuff. But And, yeah, that was a great defense. But look at his numbers. Look at the offensive production. I mean, they were over 30 points a game. His QBR was number three in the nation. He, his offensive production alone was in the top five. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is that some of these fans want. And to be honest with you, even after winning a championship after 40-plus years, they're just still not satisfied. Yeah. They're yeah. still t- like even Georgia fans, yeah, are no. still talking about this. And I just I don't understand it. I, I'm high on them, and here's why I'm high on them because, again, not a big football knowledgeable thing, but the dude's just a worker. Man, he's he's worked his way up. He worked his way to the top. It, here's the thing that I like: he has the trust of his coaches and his teammates. Mm-hmm. If you saw who was the guy that everybody kept going to and like dabbing up towards the end of the game of that championship, it was him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because his players wanted that for him. His teammates wanted that for him. They they trust him. He's a field general. He's the team captain. Like, it, to me, to the coaches, and, you know, this is when you're inside the locker room, it, it doesn't matter what all the fans are saying. But if that's the guy that everybody's trusting, something's going on. Because sure. even when everybody's like, why are we not putting in Daniels? Why are we not doing that? Well, Daniels, I don't think, was completely healthy up to a certain point. But at that point – the trust and the reins have been handed over to him. And I still think that that's the case. I, I think that they're still bought in and the locker room is circled around Stetson Bennett. So I, I don't, I don't get it. I'm a fan that I'm, I'm big for him. I'm yeah. happy for him. I want him to do, but I, I'm just so tired of 
hearing the negativity and the trash talk about it. I, I don't get it, yeah. but that's yeah. just me. Yeah. And just to add a couple. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, just a couple things. I think there's a few factors here. I don't know. Um, something seemed off with JT um, because you had that situation where he was asked when he could have played or when was he healthy? And he, he answered like the Arkansas game, like super early in the season type situation. Um, you know, it, it makes me wonder, is he just a product of, cause his, his generation of players is like right there at the forefront of when the transfer portal really opened wide up. Right. Um, right. And it's, it's disappointing to me to see, especially a big time quarterback, make all these skips, hops, and jumps, you know, not going to play, I'm out, top things. I understand wanting to play, totally, but it's disappointing, especially for a quarterback for me. Um, and then the second thing that I want to say is this is, I think, just where Alabama's kind of broken the sport um, because they're also ne- their fans are also never satisfied. But right. with the quarterback position at Georgia, Alabama, or, I'm sorry, yeah, with the quarterback position at Georgia, they're kind of where Alabama was 10-ish years ago before Tua, before Jalen Hurts, but it worked. That's the thing is it worked. They're not throwing into these windows and, you know, throwing for 5,000 yards. They're not Tua, they're not Bryce Young, but it worked. Yeah, yeah, and and A.J. McCarron or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, yeah, at the end of the day, you know what he's got? He's He's got got a ring. ring. Yeah, he's got a ring. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's just where expectations have just been wrecked, you know, and what people want to see, but it worked at the end of the day. At, and, and another way to put that is he was good enough to get the job done. He, yeah. he as, as, yeah, as what, Ryan, more, what more do you want? What do what you, do you want, want from the guy? <laughs> now, Mike and I have talked a little bit about this, you know, off, off the record here, you know, we see that national championship game unfolding a little bit differently. If there's not so many injuries uh, for Alabama, however, that is a part of the game of football. That is a, you know what? A hundred percent. So, and I think that does speak to not saying that Alabama strength and conditioning is, you know, bad or anything, but I think that tells you about the SNC program at, at Georgia, uh, the health status that they were in uh, by that point. But needless to say, that's, that's, that's beside the point. Well, Hey man, I appreciate you coming on and talking about Georgia. We are, we're not done with you yet though. We're going to throw some Tennessee stuff at you. Uh, just because this is pandemonium rains and we see everything through orange goggles. So <laughs> let's talk Tennessee just for a minute. Is there is there something that scares you about us? Oh, there's two things that scare me. One, I, I think Hooker is that generational talent that you'll be talking about for a couple of years now for Tennessee that I, I think is going to take them over a hump that has still been there. You, you, you had a couple of those years, like a 2016, you were kind mm-hmm. of right there, just couldn't get over the hump and a few things. But I think he's got the talent and the gumption. I think he's a leader. I think he's the guy kind of like a Stetson Bennett that everybody circles around. That's the intangibles. That's part of the game that you need. He's got swagger. He's got confidence. And that's something that I think that program – has had and it's just not there right now and he's going to add a layer to that offense that's going to get him above the we're averaging 28 points a game to over maybe like a 35 points a game Mm -hmm. so like you're going to find yourself in some shootout games maybe but i'm gonna get to your defense here in just a minute because that's the other thing i think if you find yourself in some shootout games like we were talking about the georgia game yeah, you might you may have enough you know firepower enough guns in the uh in the chamber to where you have enough bullets to come out on top. So he's, he's obviously a big concern for me. 
just from a Georgia standpoint, he should be a concern for everybody else. But I think y'all's defense is about to take another level up. I mean, okay. the last couple, the last few weeks of the season, I saw them get better. Even in that Purdue bowl game, I thought that they looked really good. There you go, um, bringing up Purdue no, no, again. No, for real. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, that, but that game came down to a botched call, not on y'all's part, but with the referees. Right. And I, I think that y'all have enough depth up front. Okay. And I think that y'all have enough uh, battle-tested stuff that's going to just be the intangibles that helps the defense out a lot. So defensively, I think that y'all are going to take a step up. I think Hooker just adds a new level of uh, swagger that gets y'all to one more step to where y'all need to be. And, and honestly, I think Heupel's the right coach to be there to do it. I think he'll manage him well just from a you know Heisman Trophy caliber you know standpoint. He knows how to do that. Mm. Okay. Any comments on that, Mike? No. Um, I'm interested to hear someone, especially not in the Tennessee fan base, talk about the defense. Um, Dan and I have talked a lot about it. There's there's players that we like, even at every position, even at the ones that are more thin than yep. your defensive line and your secondary, like those linebackers. There's guys that we still like there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, it's really interesting to hear someone outside of, you know, our little world, here, you know, in the Tennessee fan base talk about that. And, hey, mm -hmm. from your mouth to God's ears, brother. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let it be. Let it be. All right, we're in the final ten minutes of the show here, so let's let's fly through this. Give me a final record for the Vols. What you got? Oh man, Tennessee is going to do everything right this season, <gasps> except win the two big games that are really going to matter to them. So I believe you're going to win all the ones, including some really close ones that are going to look good. You're going to look really good against Alabama this year, but it's still not going to happen. You're Fair. going to look really good against Georgia this year, but it's just not there yet. So I still see a 10 and two. If, if Georgia can find a way to lose now, you know, we just went through those things. Georgia's record 12 and 0. I still think Georgia has one loss that they have no business losing somewhere in there. So then the, the SEC East race comes down to Tennessee and Georgia, and it could come down to the last two, conference games of the of the year somewhere in mid-november stop the press <laughs> mike what world are we living in right now i have no idea man are what is <laughs> what is happening 10 and oh, 2 wow what? listen could listen, listen I want, it could happen baby i want every listener to listen close if we go 10 and 2 you're gonna hate our fan base. You're gonna hate me and Mike. You're gonna, <laughs> You're gonna hate, hate us. us. <laughs> I'm gonna be unbearable. I've tried to keep it low key, balanced. If we go ten and two, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying, at at the very least, we're in a we're in a New York Six Bowl, Ryan? Oh yeah, New, in in NY Six, dude. Okay. Okay. All okay. Right. Well, you did talk a little bit about uh, Hendon Hooker, but just give me like an overall perception as an outsider. Obviously, you know, Mike and I lo love this guy. We, 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 we love – I don't even know if it's, it's a good enough word. We love – It's too small of a word. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of Dobbs uh, love there for Hendon Hooker. Uh, but as an outsider, just give me your overall perception on this guy. I, I, I like the, the fact that he, he reminds me – and this is a – this is not the name you want to throw out because you don't want to compare to something like that. But even like a Mike Vick in college is the vibe that I get from this guy. Cause you can't let him outside. I don't know. What to do with my that, hands. Yeah. No, for <laughs> real. Uh, last year, it wasn't until somewhere through the mid part of the first quarter that I was kind of like, this guy's a concern. Mm 
Now, obviously, defense kind of adjusts a little bit and got there, but now that he's had a full season of, you know, battle testing this under him, I think he's going to be okay with using the legs. He's going to be okay with opening it up to where he's, you know, linebackers or, or corners are going to have to stay up to where they can't let him run for seven-plus yards, which is going to open up more receivers downfield. So he just happened, He just opens up a layer that I think Tennessee hasn't had since Dobbs, and I, I, I really do think that he's got more uh, football knowledge, more of going to make a decision quicker than a Dobbs does. So I, I just think that's going to be the difference maker this year in a lot of games is his abilities. Mike, any any comments on that? No, oh, no, man, you nailed it. I think um, the Dobbs like comps they're so real for me. Um, yeah. Like it it it, it kind of fits perfectly in like the the archetype, you know, like the way the quarterbacks are built, their game, um, and I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, yeah, I'm a little biased, but I think. Uh, hookers being coached a lot better than Dobbs was yes. um that's know, I the didn't, difference I didn't yeah I didn't I didn't see Dobbs being in the NFL still at this point you know what I mean six years and yeah he's been a journeyman he's a backup he's he's spotting to stay on rosters but you know he didn't receive much coaching at Tennessee just period point blank you know especially just as a quarterback coach so yeah, yeah I think that's a big difference um Hendon's got a lot of fire you know he almost lost the ability to play the game with everything that happened around COVID and his heart situation that they had um but yeah i mean love is too small of a word for the way i feel about hendon um i think he's gonna have a great year he'll probably throw more than three interceptions i mean that's hard to do yeah but you know he threw three last year but just completely love the guy he's 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 my qb baby absolutely Mm. i think the biggest concern for tennessee fans is his health hendon hooker's overall health if he goes down which is Tennessee luck, if I'm totally honest. It's just, I mean, we should anticipate this. Uh, but if he goes down, uh, we're looking at a – Mike and I have talked a little bit about this. We're probably looking at six and six, I think, yeah. overall. Uh, but I don't know if you listeners heard it, but Ryan said we're going to win a natty, y'all. We're going 12 and 0. He said 10 and 2, and then he put Mike Pickett quarterback. So, kill him. Hey, but you, but you said that's that's a big X factor. Stay yes. healthy because if yes. that goes down, that changes everything. Yes. Sure. Everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, thank you so, so much for coming on and, and, and joining us today. Appreciate your insight. Appreciate you being a reasonable dog fan. Reasonable. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, I'm many things. Reasonable will be one for the most part. If you want, if you yeah. want a real, if you want a realist Georgia fan, you got the right guy, man. Man, <laughs> you ain't kidding. I was, I was a little scared of this conversation because I, I've just not had a lot of positive with the Georgia fan base. But if any one Georgia fan deserved 2021 in the Natty, it's you, my friend. This was a lot of fun. Man, I appreciate that <laughs> absolutely. So for absolutely. all of our other Georgia listeners out there, not you, okay? <laughs> that goes for my brother. You better be listening, and you better be feeling it. Not you, my guy. I do love you, though. Happy birthday. So, uh, hey, man, thanks for, thanks for again, thanks for joining. Uh, you're listening out there. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. You're following us on Spotify. You're following us on Apple Podcasts. I promise you Pandora is coming really, really soon. Any last comments for us, Ryan? Anything at all? Man, I'm other than I'm just – I love this time of year. As soon as August rolls around and I start seeing that there's football on the weekend every weekend until February, 
that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. But I, and I, I love the NFL a little bit, but I've, if I had to choose between that and college football, it's college football all day, man. And I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited for Saturdays. I'm excited to wake up and make a cup of coffee and watch college game day. I'm excited to go and tailgate and make long road trips and be tired on Sunday and Monday. (laughs) I just, it's going to be great, man. I'm so glad it's back, man. Let's do it. Let's do the thing. And I don't know about the rest of the, the world out there, but high school football in Hall County begins tonight. So looking forward to that as well. Anyway, with that said, thanks to our guest, Ryan Phillips, joining us on the show today. I'm Dan. He's Mike. This is Pandemonium Reigns. Love you guys. See you. Later. Go dogs. Oh, God. (laughs) Pandemonium Reigns.